In this episode, I discuss the adventures and the treasure of being a stuck knot. My name is Justin Sinceri. I'm a licensed marriage family therapist that thinks the world needs a new paradigm for mental health. Welcome to Stuck Not Broken. Before I get into things, as always, please put yourself first. I do keep every episode as safe as I can, but just by the nature of the topics, you might experience some stuff come up. So take a break if you need to. I don't think this one will be uh, particularly triggering uh, in and of itself. And this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended to be a replacement for therapy. Last time we talked about the beliefs of a stuck knot, and then we talked about what a stuck knot is. And we're going to go deeper into that, but just a quick recap of what a stuck knot is. It's you, it's me, it's the audience of the Stuck Not Broken podcast. It is those that are interested in the political theory and the somatic elements of what it means to be human and to recover from trauma or get to know yourself better or just to get unstuck and meet your life goals that you have not met yet. The last episode again was about the general beliefs of being a stuck knot. Go back to that one. Give it a listen if you missed out on it. This time though, we're going to talk about the internal world. We're going to talk about adventuring. We're going to talk about the treasure. We're going to talk about the treasure of being a stuck knot. Like what, why are we doing this? What do we get out of this? Because we're not in it for the money, right? <laughs> there are no riches in this um, exploration, this adventure of being a stuck knot and going into the internal world. Astronauts, they have space. Argonauts have sea. There's the, the sea or the seas. There's probably some other sort of knots that I, I don't know about. Octonauts. Octonauts is a really cute uh, show. I think it's on Netflix. And they go underwater, so they have the sea as well. Underwater, not above water. Stuck not so, again, it's the inner world. And in particular, it's the inner world of themselves, of ourselves, of the individual. We are exploring our own individual world, our body. Yes, the inner world is absolutely impacted by External factors, whether they be the present or in the past, and they will be impacted by external factors in the future. Yes, I guarantee it. And every stuck knot is going to have a very unique, very different, or potentially very unique, very different, probably, a variation of what, it, of what their adventure is. It's not going to be the same between, betwixt, amongst uh, stuck knots. It's just not. It's, it's a, because it's, it's super individualized. What we find on the inside is going to be different amongst each other. There might be some, there are some common human experiences and feelings and emotions and sensations that we're going to find that, that we might find amongst each other, but, but it will be a different thing. So we can share our experiences, and I should share a couple of mine. I've done a couple of uh, deep meditations and done my own adventuring and exploring that I might need to go into in the future. So we might have some common human experiences. We can share them with each other. We can learn from them, from these uh, amongst each other. We can build from these. But this is very much an individual thing. And I'm going to talk more about how this impacts the, the external world uh, later on. In essence, when we look to the inner world, when the stuck knot goes on their adventure on the in, into the inner world, in essence, they are exploring 
various levels of safety and danger. They are exploring potentially and probably their stuck autonomic nervous system states. So they're exploring what state their autonomic nervous system is in. They are exploring various levels of safety and danger. And this might be from past events. It probably is. But it could also be from a lack of events, like maybe they should have or needed certain types of parenting or some level of parenting and they didn't get it. Some level of attachment that they didn't get. It could be events that they did happen that left them in a very stuck state as well. So we're exploring that. When you, when you look inward, that is what you're looking at potentially. And not just the painful stuff, but also the safety stuff as well. The stuff that you find inside can come from a lack of safety development. That would be from like a lack of healthy co-regulation from uh, probably parents growing up or just other safe adults, but you know, most likely a lack of that from parents or parent that's going to leave your safety system in uh, it's like less developed. Basically you're gonna have less of a bagel break, less safe and social potential activated. Those pathways are not going to be as strong as if you did get good enough parenting. We'll put it that way. So you as a stuck knot might be looking inward and feeling and looking at and experiencing a lot of more of like the danger, the defensive kind of stuff. There is potentially a lot of peril, a lot of danger, a lot of pain inside memories, sensations, emotions, feelings. A lot of pain inside. And there's a good chance of that. And all that stuff that you find, like if, if you did put on your stuck knot helmet and you did journey inward to see what was in there, to go on your adventure and take notes on what you find and whatnot, you might find a lot of uncomfortable stuff. So there might be a lot of stuff in there that actually will reinforce the stuck state. So when we go in inward as stuck knots, ideally we want to get unstuck. We want to explore and find the pleasurable and the painful. But we may not be ready for that. And we, what might end up happening is that we reinforce our stuck defensive state. So we might look inward and, and find some stuck flight fight, stuck shutdown, stuck freeze. And if we're not ready for it, if we haven't properly prepared for the adventure, I'm going to talk about that more in a little bit. If we have not properly prepared for the adventure, and also next episode, I'm going to talk about the equipment of, of being a stuck knot. Then when we find that danger, then it, it's going to end up reinforcing our stuck state potentially if we're not ready for it then that's going to result in us kind of going back into a flight, a fight, shutdown, or freeze. So those, those past things, those past feelings and sensations and emotions, those flashbacks to the past that might come up, the stuck autonomic states that we discover or get reacquainted with, if we're not ready for it, it may end up simply reinforcing the state, in, in essence, re-traumatizing yourself. So there could be a lot of uh, peril, a lot of discomfort in there. Some of this we might know about. 
you know, when you go on your adventure, you might know exactly what's in there or have an idea of what's in there. But there might be some stuff that you simply did not know about, did not, could not, would not expect, and you discover. Maybe you discovered like, oh, I didn't realize that was a big deal, but that's kind of laying around in there and obviously has an impact on me still. Or you might discover something that you had no idea was even there and things start popping in your mind. As you tap into and look at these stuck defensive states, as you start to explore and really feel that inner world and explore and have an adventure in that inner world, then you might, some new stuff could come up. But I'm going to guess that it's probably stuff that you know is there and have been avoiding. And I don't blame you. This is not a judgment. This is not a blame. I think we all do that. We have stuff inside of us that we that we flat out do not want to deal with. And so we just kind of let it be there. But there's also a good chance that within you, you have some level of safety that you don't know about either. There might be some unknown safety. So in your adventuring, after you put on your stuck knot helmet, after you go and in, in, you know, look inward, there might be a level of safety and social engagement that you didn't know was there. You might feel some joy or calm or curiosity and all, like you just don't expect that. So that might be there also. And that's, you know, it's, it's not just the painful stuff. Whatever you find though, even including the, the pleasurable, the calm, the joy, the curiosity, even that stuff can bring some level of like vulnerability and fear. It might be very uncomfortable. And so when you go off on your adventure, you got your helmet on, you go off on your adventure and you find some painful stuff maybe, but you're also kind of curious about what's there. And so feeling curious, feeling interested, and then tapping into that painful stuff, that might send you into this very vulnerable or uncomfortable place, I mean. And kind of reinforce what, what's going on. But simply being interested, being curious, and feeling maybe you're coming out of shutdown into your flight fight state. Feeling that energy return might be freaky also. might be kind of uncomfortable. And so that, that might send you back right back down the ladder as well. So we, have, we can find painful stuff. We can find pleasurable stuff. We can find memories. We could find memories that we knew were there, but we could also find memories that we did not know were there. There could be, I've been reading this book from Peter Levine. It's called Trauma and Memory. So far, I'm loving it. I haven't finished it. I'll, I'll do a book review for you um, in, a, in a bit. But so far, I'm loving it. I'll put a link in the description. I definitely recommend you buying it. So there will be memories that you might encounter. And this book goes into, in detail into what types of memories the mind and the and the body hold. And these aren't separate things, but just conceptually, that's the way I'm putting it. And one of these memories that, one of the types of memories that you might stumble upon is episodic memories. And that more relates to specific events. So there might be events that you didn't realize were significant or events that you didn't even know were in there that you might find. You also might find some emotional memories. And this is, in the present moment, you're feeling an emotion. Like maybe as you explore within you, you, you discover there's some emotions in there that you didn't realize were there or maybe we're trying to ignore and now you're ready to, to, to feel them. And as you feel those 
present day feelings or emotions, it brings up a past event that it is directly connected to. That, that could happen as well. Peter Levine says there are mammal universal emotions and he lists uh, surprise, fear, and he didn't make these up. I guess these, this is a widely kind of considered mammal universal. He says they are surprise, fear, disgust, sadness, and joy. And then he adds to those and says curiosity, excitement, gladness, and triumph. I think the fear, disgust, and sadness are probably things that when people attempt to look inward, they end up finding those. And those are really painful. Those are difficult things to feel. Fear, disgust, sadness. Those are feelings that I think are common that people tend to try to not feel, but when they look inward and when they go on their stuck not adventures, they're going to find that stuff. But there probably are feelings of joy and curiosity and excitement, excitement, gladness and triumph. Those are probably in there as well. And if they're not, if you can successfully go on your mission and feel some of this painful stuff, then you might end up feeling some gladness or some triumph. I think triumph would definitely be something that would be felt. As you look inward and you start to feel at least thing like, a, like at least a little bit of time, feeling things a little bit at a time, you may feel more confidence. Like that's an emotion that might come up for you. You might feel more whole. That's a pretty good feeling, right? You're going to feel more in your body. You're going to feel more in the present moment. So there's all kinds of feelings, all kinds of emotions that are, that are going to come up for you when you go on your stuck knot uh, inner adventure. And I, I do not recommend you just jump into the adventure and like start to feel the painful stuff. I do not recommend that. I do recommend you start to tap into first and foremost, the more uh, pleasurable or I guess positive kind of feelings, safety feelings, let's put it that way, safety feelings that you do have within you, the potential to feel safe. You have felt it before, probably on some level, but even if you haven't, you do have within you to begin to feel those things. My course, uh, Building Safety Anchors, can help you to do so, even if, I believe, even if you don't have a lot of familiarity with feeling these feelings of safety, of contentment, of feeling whole or being in the present moment, my course can help you to feel that because it teaches you how to. It teaches you six different avenues on how to feel safe and feel into your safety pathways, to activate those pathways. Things from the environment or cognitions memories, your senses, and a couple more. There's six total, and it teaches you what to do and then how to do so, how to practice that. It runs you through practicing and learning for 30 days. It's not about tapping into the painful stuff. It's not exactly about trauma healing. It's more about laying the foundation for feeling safe, for activating your ventral vagal pathways, which is so essential to to change and, and to getting unstuck and to, well, to p potentially dealing with some of that uh, stuck defensive energy, that, that trauma. There's, there is one more uh, type of memory that you might encounter as well, and that's the procedural. And this is especially regarding uh, em emergency responses that were maybe thwarted or stopped or you were immobilized while there was a procedural memory going on and a procedural memory is is like a body memory 
uh, it, it's something like bracing or contracting, retracting, fighting, fleeing, freezing, or maybe even setting up and maintaining boundaries. And this, these are all words from uh, trauma and memory. These are from P Peter Levine. So the, the procedural memory is very much like this instinctual body level kind of memory. And when it can't go through with or it can't complete an impulse that it has to fight or to flee, when the procedural memory can't complete itself or the procedural, the procedure, the body procedure can't complete itself, then that can get stuck within you. That sort of that action potential can get stuck within you. And so when you look inward, there's a really good chance that you might tap into some of that and you might feel your body, you know, going through those motions again in, in a very real way, or at least the impulse is there to complete whatever it wasn't able to complete in the past. You also might find another type of procedural memory. It's called organismic. And this is where you as an organism have a very base level uh, approach or avoid kind of impulse, uh, attraction or repulsion. Again, this is Peter Levine from Trauma and Memory. It's just like things that feel right and that don't feel right. And again, with building safety anchors, this is a big part of it is to, is to listen to and to feel like what do you feel pulled towards and what do you kind of feel re repelled from? And to listen to your body to find out like what is it pulled towards that feels safe and feels fulfilling in a real way, not in a protective way exactly, not out of dependency or need for, you know, from some other person, but just what within me am I pulled towards? And so that these pushes, these pulls, the, the, the instinct or the impulse to approach or avoid, you might feel these things. You probably will feel these things as you do your stuck knot exploration. If you, if you can kind of get to that deep enough level, you'll feel these things happening within you. A stuck knot adventure is very much an individual thing. The internal world, I mean, it's yours. It's You own it. It's, it's within you. I can't access that. No one else can like, you know, psychically access that. It really is this sort of individual endeavor. But, however, we do affect each other. People in our lives affect us. The environment affects us. And we affect the people in our life and we affect our environment as well. When we set ourselves up for safety, like in our, in our environment, especially, maybe not especially, but let's say we're just alone. If we can organize our environment to feel safer, that can help us to go inward. So even though the stuck knot adventure is inside, the external world can provide cues of safety to help us to feel safe enough to look inward. Like going inward, it kind of requires that the stuck knot feels safe enough. And there's a concept from Dr. Porges' polyvagal theory called neuroception. Neuroception is this uh, very primitive brainstem way of detecting safety and danger through our senses. And through interception, we shift up and down the polyvagal ladder. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go to episode 101 and listen from there. Episode 101 through uh, 109, I would say.
So an interception takes information from the outside world and the inside world as well, but we're just talking about the outside world. So an interception takes information from the outside world. That information gets taken in to the brainstem. The brainstem shifts uh, up and down the polyvagal ladder based on uh, needs for safety or danger. The needs for safety or mobilization or immobilization. So the outside world affects our internal world. But likewise, whatever state that we're in, we give off those cues to the outside world. My microphone in front of me is probably not going to have a lot of feelings about my internal world, but you if might. So whatever state I'm in is going to come through my voice. You're going to hear that, and that's going to have an impact on you. Uh, same for my family, same for my coworkers. We absolutely affect each other and, and the outside world as well. So in part, being a stuck knot and doing the inner work on the individual in their inner world, part of that is to affect the outside world, and hopefully in a more positive way. So we do the inner work, and that will naturally lead to us improving our relationships in the outside world. That will naturally lead to us improving our work and our school productivity. We're going to have improved relationships. We're going to have uh, better work-life balance and relationships and productivity, you know, whether that's work or school. We're going to be meeting our goals, our external goals. We're going to, whatever milestone that we have ourselves as entrepreneurs or as students or just workers or as a spouse, we're going to be, we're going to meet those goals well, at least we'll be a lot more likely to meet those goals versus if we didn't do this inner stuck not work and we just kind of stayed stuck in our defensive state. We're probably far less likely to meet these goals that we have for ourselves. As we do this work, we're going to get more access to our state of safety and social engagement. And this is going to naturally improve the relationships in our life. If we're in a defensive state, relationships can be a problem no matter what that relationship is. If we have access to safety and social engagement, then we're we're just going to be better at being a part of these relationships as, you know, for being an equal part of the relationship, being a co-regulative part of the relationship. So we do the inner work, which will end up affecting not only ourselves, but other people as well. So the stuck knot is exploring their inner world, their individual inner world, but they're aware of the external world, and they're also aware of the internal world. So the stuck knot is really, ideally, having a really nice balance of the internal and the external and realizing how these things affect each other and setting themselves up for success by manipulating the external world to increase the chances of their internal world being able to access the state of safety and social engagement. And that really is the treasure of the stuck knot. I mean, I've already kind of started to describe it. I said, you know, I guess, like I said before, we're not in this for the riches. The goal is safety. The goal is connection. Safety for the self. Connection for our interpersonal life. But also self-connection, just being more in our body, feeling more whole. The treasure of a stuck knot is going to be inner peace, calm, connection. And this is going to look different for each of us individually. 
you know, what you get out of being a stuck knot, what you get out of looking at your inner world, that, that that's going to be different than, than me and the next stuck knot. So it's going to look different for us all individually, but there might be some shared experiences. There might be a shared similarity that we discover. Like if you and I were to sit down and talk about, hey, what'd you discover when you went in there? <laughs> After you put on your stuck knot helmet and you went in inward, what'd you discover? And there might be some similar sensations. There might be some similar polyvagal shifts happening within us that we can identify with. But they are probably going to be slightly different experienced as far as intensity or imagery or, or just sensations that happen within us in our, in our bodies. They're, it's not going to be exactly the same. The treasure of a stuck knot is, I think, for, for me, ultimately, it's self-change, changing of the self, feeling more whole being more our bodies, having more access to safety and social engagement, feeling competent, feeling powerful, feeling connected to the self. But this will directly lead to change for you on a family level. You're going to be more a part of your family. You're going to be a more patient parent. You're going to be a more empathetic spouse or partner. This is going to result in change for the community that you're, communities that you're a part of as well. No matter what those communities are, you're just going to be a more productive, more empathetic, more caring individual in these communities. I mean, that's pretty damn awesome. So the inner world first, in my opinion, when it comes to being a stuck nut, the inner world first, then the external. Now, you as an individual might need co-regulation. Actually, we all do. We all need co-regulation. All right, so we're talking here about individual autonomy in a co-regulative and shared communal world. So these things go hand in hand. If you need co-regulation, which we all do, so but if you need co-regulation, I can't give that to you unless I'm self-regulated. And that's not going to happen until I first prioritize myself. This isn't selfish. This is self-interest. I, I Self-interest is putting yourself first, but not at the expense of others. So in my opinion, I believe the stuck knot acts out of self-interest, which is to put themselves first as far as their own self-regulation, their own access to safety and social engagement, or the potential to have safety and social engagement. They put that first, and now they can offer themselves as a co-regulator to the rest of the world. And that might be something that you need. And nobody can give that to you until they're in their own safe and social state. So in my opinion, the stuck knot is doing their own work out of self-interest, not out of selfishness, not out of anybody else's, not at the expense of anybody else. But they're putting themselves first in that way. So they're working on their inner world. Then that's going to translate to the external world. The stuck knot is going to find the boundary of themselves and of others other people's happiness is ultimately out of our control my control your control there's a boundary there there's just only so much that we can do but on this side of the boundary where i exist i can definitely do a lot there i can do a lot to work on myself just like you can on your end of the boundary and then we're going to meet in the middle ideally we're going to meet in the middle and provide co-regulation to each other right or i hope i hope Co-regulation, obviously very helpful. 
kind of necessary. We are a social species. We, we need each other and we need each other to be in safety. So it, it's helpful. Very helpful. And, and in a sense, maybe it's a tool we can use. I don't want to say that because it's out of our control. We can't control other people giving us co-regulation. And we can't compel other people to give us co-regulation either. That doesn't seem right. You, you can't force someone to co-regulate. So I don't want to call it a tool. And I'm not going to. But it is something that we can accept. So it's more like a gift. Maybe it's not a tool. I think it's more like a gift that we can accept graciously and with appreciation and then hopefully integrate that more into our own potential to reach the uh, safety and social engagement, our own ventral vagal pathways. So we work on the internal to become the co-regulator for others. We cannot compel others to be what we need. I'm sorry, but you can't. That is not the goal. That is not the treasure of a stuck knot is not to compel others to be what we need. First, the goal is to be for ourselves what we need. That might seem backwards, but I don't see another way around it because we can't compel others. We don't control the people, right? You know that. So I'm just saying it out loud. (laughs) So we first have to act out of our own self-interest and do our own work. And the more we can do that, the more we can be of help to others, which is also extremely important. We We need each other. We do. If you're interested in building safety anchors, go to justinlmft.com. The sooner you can be in your own safe and social state, the sooner you can be that person for the next stuck knot that is just starting on their journey. They got their brand new helmet. It's not dirty at all. There's no scratches on it. They stick that thing on. They're excited, but they're terrified. And they need, just like all of us, some level of co-regulation. So the sooner you can be in your own safe and social state, the sooner you can provide that or offer that to someone in your life that needs it. And I think building safety anchors can be of help to you. Again, 30 days, learning and doing, bite-sized doses, not about tapping into painful stuff. It's just about building the capacity to be in your own safe and social state. Thank you so much for listening. I do hope you've learned something new to help you climb your own polyvagal ladder, and just maybe having the the wonderful idea of being a stuck knot, being a part of this thing with me. Maybe that's like a top-down approach that can kind of help you out. I'd love to know what you think about it. I would love to know what you think of yourself as a stuck knot. We have at least one more episode. We're going to talk about the tools of a stuck, stuck knot. If you like this episode, do me a favor though and share it with someone that you think will benefit. And uh, if you're, well, you are listening to this on a podcast or on YouTube, Make sure you subscribe and hit a bell if you need to. I don't know what you're listening to this on. Hit a bell if there's a bell. (laughs) So whatever platform you're on, uh, give it a a subscribe, please. And that way you should get updated immediately with every week's new episode. Bye. This podcast is not therapy, not intended to be therapy or be a replacement for therapy. Nothing in this creates or indicates a therapeutic relationship please consult with your therapist or seek for one in your area if you're experiencing mental health symptoms. Nothing in this podcast should be construed to be specific life advice. It is for educational and entertainment purposes only. More resources are available in the description of this episode and in the footer of justinlmft.com.